today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking, and He loves to be with you. I want to just start by reading you one of my favorite scriptures from Psalm 30, 36. Beautiful. Let's start at verse 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, and you give them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. And isn't that true? When we come into the presence of God, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. Hallelujah. Ah, in his light I see light. Ah, there you are. Oh, hooray. And that's what God wants us to have every time we talk to him. He wants us to come into his presence and drink deeply of the river of his delight. You know what the river of his delight is? It's his overwhelming pleasure, delight, ecstatic joy of having your company and hearing your voice. The deep, glorious satisfaction of feeling his joy and his love, which is beyond human comprehension, over you talking to him. It's, ex it's ex glorious. It's extremely magnificent. The Bible talks about it in Ephesians 3, about the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge. Paul prays there that we'd be strengthened with might in our inner being so we could comprehend this love that's incomprehensible and overflowing and that we'd be continuously filled to overflowing with all the fullness of this love. He who is love continually undoing us to the place where we can't emotionally process it. So we need supernatural help to let it continue flow through us. And this river of his delight is something that he wants every one of us to learn how to tap into every single day by faith. It's not just a once-off mountaintop encounter that you might have on the altar. Though I, I like I love the altar. I love to be in his presence every opportunity I get. But God, by faith, wants you to drink of the river of his delight every single day. Amen? And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, this whole concept of intimacy. People can get good at um, reading the Bible or, you know, um, maybe listening to a podcast, and they're all very good things to do. Feed on the faithfulness of God. Feed on good stuff. I love it. And it's wonderful to, to listen and to read and to feast on the goodness of God. But, you know, intimacy with Him is more than you doing something, more than you just reading the Bible. Though when you read the Word of God, you are fellowshipping with Him, and it's beautiful. But there is more that God is longing for. The river of his delight will flow when you allow him to make you lie down in green pastures so he can restore your soul. And sometimes people feel uncomfortable with this idea of how do I spend time with God other than reading the Bible? But, you know, it's not, it's not big and difficult and hard. If you just put on some worship, 
for me, I like to get on the floor and belly up and just begin to talk to him. Just begin to tell him all the things. I tell him all the things. All the things that are on my heart, all the things that are troubling me, all the things that are weighing me down. I talk to him about everything. I mean, I'm a verbal processor. So, you know, it fills up the time. There's a lot of things to talk. When you start, if you just make a start, so many things to pray for, so many people to pray for, so many situations, so many things to talk to him. He says, you have not because you ask not. And as you begin to talk and as you begin to fellowship with him in faith, face to face, approaching him, he talks back to you. He encourages you. He speaks to you. And then he will lead you as you pray. He'll teach you. And it gets rich and glorious. I tell him my stuff. He tells me his stuff. His ideas and his thoughts are marvelous. They're so creative and glorious. And I get up full of strength and joy and ideas of what he's going to do. And it's beautiful. But God's longing for us to make a deliberate effort to intentionally give ourselves to drinking from the river of his pleasures, the river of his delight for us, because without that, we cannot be fruitful. Tom and I have just had a five-day holiday. We, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, it was to celebrate our... 30th wedding anniversary and my 50th birthday, which was last year. But one day um, we decided we were staying up in North Queensland at an island and we'd heard that there was some really good snorkeling at this secret little beach that none of the tourists would go to. But it required a hike up a really 45 minute hike in 36 degree heat up a really steep hill and down the other side. But we'd heard that the snorkeling was so good and we love to snorkel. So we took all our snorkeling gear. Um, I mean, really probably should say Tom took all our snorkeling gear. <laughs> I took a backpack with some water bottles, but you know, he's carrying all this fins and stinger suits and snorkeling gear. And um, we climbed this really steep mountain, sweat pouring off its and we got to this beach that absolutely no one was there. You had to climb across a whole lot of rocks. And uh, we put our fins on, put our stinger suits on, climbed over all these rocks. And when we got in, I had never seen fish like I'd seen here. There was an abundance of fish. It was teeming with life and color and magnificent, untouched coral and fish took me a couple of minutes because we saw a big reef shark go past really quick and so I held on to Tom for a little while and then I let him go and he went off and I just had a good hour just snorkeling and worshipping and talking to the Lord in this secret place and you know the Lord began to speak to me about Ezekiel 47 the river that flows from his throne and it's full it's teeming with fish of every different kind every fish that can be found in the great ocean is found in this river let's have a little look at it if you want to turn there with me ezekiel 47 hallelujah does anybody else enjoy fish i i found myself praying i hope there's fish in heaven god <laughs> it's just so beautiful hallelujah 
Ezekiel 47 is a fascinating chapter. And Ezekiel here, he's in the middle of this incredible visitation. His, the Lord has taken him in a vision to Israel, to Jerusalem, and he's giving him all this detail about the temple. You try and read on either side of Ezekiel 47, it's fairly strange specifics about the temple, all the, all the dimensions. But when you think about the context, Ezekiel was in captivity with the rest of Israel in Babylon. And the Lord was showing him what the rebuilt temple would look like, right down to the specific detail. You know, the Lord loves it when we specifically start to vision and see the promise of God before it's come about. Can you see it? I mean, I remember... Long before I was ever asked to preach, the Lord showing me visions of fireballs going out over crowds and the lame walking and the blind seeing, the deaf hearing and, and the stadiums and the people coming forward to get saved. And I'd see it. I'd walk around in my dream intentionally in a daydream. I'd, I'd imagine it. I'd see it because the Bible tells us if you can see it, you can have it. He said it to Abraham. He said, look up at the stars. The stars were pretty good over there too. It was glorious. We sat, we sat at nighttime in a hammock just looking up at the sky. Wow, look at all the stars. They're uncountable, innumerable. But God wanted Abraham to have a picture of the promise of the descendants that he would have. God wants you to get a picture specific picture of what he's promising you. You might think, well, that sounds all new age. No, it's the Bible. The new age can hijack all sorts of things. But when you do it with God, when you believe him, God wants you to begin to see the specifics before you see it in the natural. Amen? I mean, I've done it. You should look at my journals from... Uh, when I was at home with the kids, I, I was a stay-at-home mum. I'd teach piano lessons so I could pray for the um, disposable nappies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for disposable nappies. And I would be having visions about what the Lord was going to do, preaching and, and, and seeing the sick healed. And I even, I even, I would, my journal would be full of things I was believing for, specific details. Even the house I'm living in now, I had all the details about that house before we ever had it written in my journal because I was asking the Lord for it, seeing it there. You might think, well, that's a bit, you know, materialistic. No, that God is not limited. He can do anything. He wants you to dream with him. Praise the Lord. Anyway, as we have a look at this, let's just read this. It's very, very interesting. In the middle of all of this detail, we have this fascinating little vision in the middle of the vision of water flowing from the throne through the temple. Let's pick it up here in chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the house 
And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east. This is the temple. And the water was flowing down from under the right side of the house from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outer to the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went out with out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water, reaching water reaching the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I couldn't ford for the water had risen enough water to swim in, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down to the Arabah. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea. And the waters of the sea become fresh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be very many fish, for these waters go there and the others become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. Say, everything will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from the Engedi to the Engaleum, and there will be a place for the spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds like the fish of the great sea, very many but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They'll be left for salt. By the river on its bank, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. The answer for the world is the river of God. Because everywhere the river goes, there will be life. The river of God is something that Jesus talked to the woman at the well about. He said, if you'll ask me, I will give you living water. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. It's the river that flows from the throne. It's the river of his pleasure, the river of his delight for you that will flow out of your belly and everything the river touches will live. Now we can know that theoretically, but the Lord, his heart is for us to understand the value of receiving so that we can give away. It says here that, the marshes and the swamps, they didn't live because they weren't giving out. They were just receiving and they just they were given over to salt. There was no life there. But when we're receiving and we're giving away life, abundant life, overflowing life, an abundance of fish. Fish, remember when Jesus um, spoke to the fishermen? He said, I will make you fishers of men. Fish speak of souls, of the nations coming to him. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. This is a messianic prophecy. 
It began with Jesus and the disciples, a trickle coming up to your ankles. Then it covered all of Jerusalem. Then it went to Samaria and Judea. And now it's still going to the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. But it also is a prophecy that speaks to us. It's the living water that God wants to flow through our bellies. Who wants to have a fruitful life, a really fruitful life? Who wants to have legacy that that counts? The only way you will see true fruitfulness is by having the flow of his river flow through you. And the river will not flow unless it is being continually fed. For a river to flow, we know, we've just seen the floods, we, you, it needs to be fed by a water supply. And God every day wants to supply us with the river of his pleasure, the river of his delight. You know, it's so easy to get caught up with doing to the detriment of resting and receiving from the the river of God. I used to feel like time with God was sort of a luxury. But I've, I've discovered very long time ago now that it's not a luxury, but it is the essential thing. That I actually have to schedule time in, block it out. I don't take early morning meetings because If I don't schedule time in with the Lord, then it gets eaten up with all sorts of needs. People all the time, I have, I wake up and there's emails, there's prayer requests, there's there's so many people who need prayer, so many people who need help. There's so many things, invitations to respond to, people to talk to, people who need help. But if you get caught up, In doing those things first, you will burn out and you will not be anywhere near as fruitful as if you learn how instead to prioritize drinking deeply from the river of his pleasure. Then you'll become more productive than you ever could be otherwise. I don't know who it was who said, I've got so much to do today, I'll need to pray more. But it's the truth. If we understand that wherever the river goes, everything lives, life flows, fish come, life comes, then we'll understand that all of our own efforts are futile in comparison to going first, seeking first the kingdom of God. Because when we come first to him and drink deeply from the river of his pleasure, drink deeply of the river of his delight, he will give you supernatural strategies for fruitfulness. I have found that as I have gotten on the floor, worshipping the Lord, talking to him, telling him all the things, praying all the things, and then just fellowshipping with him as a spirit of wisdom and, and, and enjoying his presence, that I've had the most glorious ideas fruitful, amazing thoughts, like, wow, that when I get up, I'm so excited. Oh, you need to do this. God showed me we need to do that. And those things have borne the most fruit in my ministry.
in my life, in my family. Sometimes we look at it and we think, well, you know, yeah, I know I should do that. But if we understood how brief our life was and we recognize that it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, if we would humble ourselves and remember, I need you, oh, I need you. If we'd understand the depth of our need and the delight of God's heart to fill us to overflowing, then we would prioritize fellowship with him. I believe we are about to see a fresh wave of prayer begin to sweep the body of Christ. And it's not just the few who are are called as intercessors. I believe the body of Christ is going to come into a place of praying God-breathed prayers, hallelujah, that flow with the river of God. And as we do, we're going to see the harvest come in. You see, I know the heart of God is that everyone everywhere would hear that they have a father who loves them more than life. His desire is that we would be ministers of reconciliation, reconciling men to God. But we can't do it effectively in our own strength. You know, the idea of coming, of of television and media, this was not my idea. In my mind, That would be one of the very last things I would want to do. I I thought, you know, people on television, I hate it. They're asking people for money. Oh, I hate that. You know, I was so judgmental. And then God showed me one day in the secret place, the fish jumping into the boat through television ministry. And I had to repent. I'm sorry, God, for judging all those people. Yes, God, I say yes. And now today the fish are jumping into the boat more than I could ever possibly do one-on-one. They're jumping in, watching it on. They're seeing it in hotel rooms. They're seeing it in countries where the gospel can't go. Hallelujah. And people are coming to Jesus. But God has so many God ideas for you. He knows how to help you with your business. He knows how to help you with your family. But he doesn't want you just to have a little taste and a little dip. God is looking for our surrender. That we wouldn't just come in ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep, but we'd actually surrender to the point where he is God and in control. When you are in a river where you can't touch the bottom, I tell you, when I'm in the ocean and I can't touch the bottom, you don't have as much control. But God's looking for us to let go of our control and surrender our will to his will so that we can trust him to take us and do far more than we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. Hallelujah. I believe the Holy Spirit is ready for the people of God to begin to experience the abundance of the river that's about to flow in increasing measure. You know, what we've seen in the natural, I believe, is only uh, a picture, a tiny picture of what God is doing in the spiritual. God is releasing a river that he wants to flood the whole earth. 
He wants the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And that will come from the people who get up after being on their backs, letting the Holy Spirit fill them with his delight and go to the petrol station or go to the grocery store and smile with the love of God. A smile that's flowing with the river of God can have a greater impact than the most effective, um, you know, evangelistic tract. Though tracts are, are good and helpful. If you go in the overflow of the Holy Spirit, then you'll be unafraid. You'll be unconcerned about what people think because his perfect love has cast out all fear. You can look at people and love them. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler. It says he looked at him and loved him. My goal in life is that when I look at people, they feel the love of Jesus. That it would be said she looked at them and God loved them through her look 